Good evening and welcome to Reimagine Prayer, a panel discussion. Uh, tonight we have the great blessing of being able to have four men who are going to talk to us about prayer ministry here at First Baptist Jackson. Now Robert Fortenberry, our global outreach pastor and our prayer coordinator here at First Baptist Jackson, has done a tremendous job over the last four weeks really teaching us a lot about prayer on an individual level, but also the importance of corporate prayer. So he's on our panel tonight, as well as Frank Stebbins, Andy Talley, and Todd Atkins, who are our three years' worth of prayer chairman here at First Baptist Jackson. So uh, tonight, the way this is going to go is Robert's going to kind of share with us a little bit more about the importance of prayer. And then these three men are going to kind of guide us through some own ramps or a way that we can practically apply some of the things that we've been learning over the last several weeks. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Robert, we're going to start with you. And again, thank you so much for the great material that you have taught us about prayer over the last four weeks. And I know that you kind of have a final word of message that you want to share with us tonight. I do. Um, When we're talking about prayer, we tend to think of it in certain terms. And I would like to introduce another terminology, another concept when it comes to prayer and how we think about prayer. Billy Graham many years ago said the work of God needs people power, money power, and prayer power. And I've held on to that because that's really meant a lot to me because he's identifying the three commodities. Now use that word in kind of a sanctified sense there that we really need, whether it is a ministry of any kind, including our church, that we need to have. And we need to think about how to generate those commodities, how to increase them, and also how to strategically utilize those. And so as we have talked amongst ourselves and talked about how to think of prayer here at First Baptist Church Jackson, we're thinking about ways that we can generate more prayer. There is praying that's going on, but like any other commodity, we can generate more of that. But also, in addition to that, how we can strategically allocate that. We tend to have certain things that we cover in our praying that we do. I think we need to expand that somewhat. And so that's really a lot of what we have talked about as we've talked about our prayer ministry here at First Baptist Church Jackson, how we can generate more prayer, but also how we can strategically allocate the prayer that is generated so that everything we do here is covered, is empowered, is we beseech the blessing of God on that. Now, just for purposes of our discussion and planning, and this will come out in a lot of the things that the church will be seeing We're going to talk in terms of prayer training. Again, we're not starting from scratch with most of our people. We have a lot of people who pray, but all of us can learn more. So that will be a part of it. Prayer training, also prayer events. There will be opportunities for people to step into particular things that we do that we'd like them to participate in. And of course, that will come out of their own personal prayer life, which we really want to encourage them in that. But also all of us need encouragements to prayer. The enemy resists prayer very strongly. Life itself kind of erodes our prayer life as a normal thing. And so there'll be certain encouragements coming to people. Stay the course. Carry on with prayer. Let's keep going in this direction. So that's kind of the overview of of what we're going to be talking about tonight. And as you said, some specific ways in which people can be a part of that. Yeah. And and I I appreciate that. I mean, you made the point that the enemy doesn't want us to pray. Right. And certainly the busyness of our lives can really hinder prayer. Yes. And we think sometimes that being busy is a good thing, whereas from an eternal perspective, maybe God would look at our busyness as a negative thing. 
True. because it keeps us from Him. True. And so uh, on that, you know, it's, it's, it's important that we as a church learn how to pray that we learn some of those pitfalls. I think probably everybody has good intentions. Mm. We want to pray, but we struggle with knowing how. Sometimes we struggle with knowing how to get started. Or or oftentimes people struggle with, uh, you know, I I can pray like a blessing over a meal or I can pray for my children. Mm. But when it comes to a deeper prayer life, not real sure how to get started. And so, Andy, I know you're going to talk to us a little bit about a prayer boot camp. So, Describe that to us and tell us how that's how we can get involved in something like that. Sure. Um, for college kids, we'll call it Prayer 101. But um, basically, it's, it's what you just kind of touched on, how to pray, when to pray. I mean, a lot of people pray when they get up in the morning before they get out of bed. Some people pray at night and get up in the morning and say amen. Some people get up in the middle of the night. They can't go back to sleep. You pray then. Pray while driving. That's an eyes open kind of prayer. Um, <laughs> You know, praying before a test, if you're doing bad, praying during a test. And all of those are kind of centered on me, you know. So how to pray, when to pray, what to pray. Um, uh, here's another little caveat. Um, you know, in the Old Testament, priests had to be like pure before they went into the, to the Holy of Holies. Right. Well, I mean, even into that part. But to get to the Holy of Holies, you had to do more stuff. So is there stuff God requires of us or wants of us? For our prayers to be really heard, you know, that righteous man prayers type thing. And right. People tend to associate righteous with perfect. Well, nobody here is perfect. So that's what this is all about. We've got a, uh, we're planning on, oh, another thing is prayer walking. We're going to talk about that too. So we got these training sessions set up. The, the four of us have been talking a lot and with our committee. We're thinking in January, starting out on Wednesday nights, have an eight-week session where it's going to be broken down, I mean, it's a big group, then break up into small groups and do exactly what we learned in the first part. So this is the prayer boot camp. The prayer boot camp, On Wednesday yeah. nights in January. Correct. Great. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned prayer walking. I know if anybody's ever gone on a mission trip, you know, prayer walking generally is a, a, a part of a mission trip. Yes. So what about prayer walking here in the Jackson area or where we live or even in COVID times? What about virtual prayer walking? You're stealing all my points. Okay, so, uh, yeah, that's something we really want to do. Some of us that have been prayer walking really uh, feel like that's a really strong thing to do, uh, very productive. And when you're prayer walking, I mean, you're using all your senses. It's what you see, smell, hear, what you feel. You know, you're you're trying to get in tune to God's prompting as you're walking around. Well, COVID, how are you going to do that? So what we came up with is a virtual prayer walking. So... What we're thinking about is maybe sending out an email, and in this email would be a, a map of a specific part of the city. Hmm. And then we would have the whole church, as many people sign up, hopefully the whole church, and we'll all be praying over that week on that one section. Now, if you really want to dig in, you can Google Earth that and see what's idea. going on. Yeah. You can do uh, realty.com and yeah. learn more about it. But you want to pray for the schools, the churches, the precincts, crime, Mm-hmm. anything in that area. And we're looking at doing this like one time a month. Let's do that for a couple of months, see how that's going, readjust if we need to. If a lot enough people sign up, we can do two or three sections and then rotate sections and maybe do it by precinct. There's all kinds of ways we can split the city up. But we really want to pray for Metro Jackson Yeah, intently. Incredible. We certainly need prayer. 
in yes. our communities and, and, and in our world for sure. And so, Frank, I want to jump to you. It, sure. And it's kind of strange to, to have one event and say, okay, this is my favorite event of all time. But we have had one prayer at first. That's right. And, and already with that one prayer at first that we had last month, you know, I kind of came out of there thinking this may be the best thing that we do. So talk to us about prayer at first. Sure. Uh, Chip, it's a great opportunity for our church to come together. In launched last month in September, um, during the noon hour, and, and it, it was relaxed enough where someone can come and go because people are rushed, lunch hour things. Yeah. But um, with this started last month, it was a great time, the second Wednesday, it was a great time for corporate prayer to have um, just a time to reflect on praise. It, you know, Mike went through all just some a great uh, steps as far as praise, intercession, confession, and utilize that time really well. Uh, Robert did a great job helping with that too, and just the opportunity where we can come together as a church and work through. And going forward, starting uh, next Wednesday, I guess, is sec second Wednesday for us. So it would be another opportunity for the church to come together and go through all that together. And just uh, opportunity to praise. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of things about that prayer first, I think it's important for people to know. And, and one is that, you know, when we gather together in prayer corporately, nobody's ever going to be asked to do something that would make them feel uncomfortable or embarrassed in any way. And so it's important, I think, for people to know that. But to me, also, one of the things about the prayer at first is not just the opportunity for the church to come together in prayer, but it's also a great opportunity to learn how to pray. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a teaching moment right. as much as a put in practice moment, and so Absolutely. boy, I highly encourage people to be involved in in prayer first. Absolutely, yeah, thank you, Todd. I, there are probably a lot of people who don't know that generally, at least before one of the services on Sunday morning, we have a group of people who gather together and pray specifically for the service, and I know it's an encouraging encouragement for me to know that there are people praying for me each week, uh, but also praying for God to do an incredible work through the service. But now, you want to talk to us a little bit about maybe even adding prayer at the invitation time of the service. Yes. So talk to us about that. Well, you know, it is, uh, we think about the invitation as a time where people who are just coming to know the Lord come down and they profess their uh, belief in Jesus and accept Him as their Savior. And it is a wonderful time and we're all overjoyed every time we see that happen. Yeah. But I have to say, you know, I think it's an invitation not just to new believers. That's right. I think it's an invitation to, to God's people. It's an opportunity we have to come and, and, and come before the Lord and to get down on our knees you know, it's a place where, where God and man meet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, many times I have to say I've, I've thought about, you know, gosh, I really I felt compelled almost to come down. I've been inhibited to some degree. And I think, you know, why didn't I do that? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's the fear of just being in front of a lot of people or we don't want to be showy. I understand that. Uh, or just a fear, you know, what, what's, what's going on in Todd's life that he's going down to the altar. But yeah. if you look at the altar... And come to the altar to pray. If you look throughout the Bible and in, in history, 
when God's people had a great victory, they went, they, they worshipped at the altar. When they uh, moved to a new place and they set up a camp, they worshipped at the altar. Um, the altar is just a great place where we can get down on our knees and as a, as a church, we can, we can lay it before God. Whatever issues we have, we can pray for our neighbors and our friends. We can pray for our marriages. We can, you know, pray for our nation. This, this, this month is, uh, this coming month, is, uh, we, we, we have a lot that's kind of at stake here in terms yeah. of uh, vision. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But it's one of those things where we have a great opportunity to really, frankly, change lives. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible, uh, throughout the Bible, people, the great leaders in the Bible met God at the altar. Mm-hmm. And I think as Christians, we just have an excellent opportunity to to really humble ourselves before God and just to let, you know, express the prayers that, yeah. that are on our hearts and really, um, you know, model for others that prayer can be a very effective thing. And um, Yeah, you make a great point about um, the invitation time. And, and you know, Mike Harlan is, is kind of leading us to think of it as a response time in the sense that everybody should respond. I remember it's probably 25 years ago and I was at First Baptist Church Crystal Springs as the part-time youth director. And Dr. Jim Futrell came and preached a revival service. And I'll never forget that in that service, he, he mentioned about how somebody had come up to him after a service one morning or evening and said, you know, Dr. Futrell, that was such a powerful message. I just can't believe that nobody came down. And I'll never forget, Dr. Futrell said, how long has it been since you've come down? You know, oftentimes we think that the time of response is just an opportunity for an unbeliever to accept Christ or for a person to join the church or for a person who's called to ministry or missions to come and make that public. But as you said, particularly in the Old Testament, oftentimes when an individual had an encounter with God, he built an altar. There was a response to as God revealed himself to that person, that that person would respond to that in worship and oftentimes in prayer, calling upon God. And so I love what you said about seeing the invitation time, not just as an opportunity to uh, make a profession of faith or to join the church, but to respond to God. And, And as God reveals himself to us, as God convicts us of sin, as God makes us fired up about something, it's an opportunity to come and praise him. You know, Chip, I can't help but believe that there are people out there, and I know this has happened, where people have wanted to go, and yeah. then after the service they say, you know, gosh, I just wish yeah. I'd come down. Yeah. And you know, I, I felt it, and I know everybody else feels the call of God to, to, to come and just bear ourselves before Him, and it's a, it's a worship experience. That's Absolutely. what it really is. And Absolutely. so I think it's a, something that I... You know, I'd like to see in my own life more to participate in, and and I just think it would be a great thing. Yeah, awesome. Frank, let's talk about um, ways that people can be encouraged to prayer or find encouragement in prayer. And I know website is something that is an opportunity for folks. That's right. Um, You know, with technology, we're faced with it every day uh, at work, at home. and it, it goes across the age. You know, my mother uses the internet and uses the computer, and she's up in her 80s. <laughs> so it's it's a great avenue, and also it's become the front door of the church in a lot of ways yeah. too. 
So with that thought, uh, with our website, um, one thing that we're exploring, the idea, um, you could, I guess, say compartmentalize it or have an area where church members could possibly log in with prayer requests where, where it's an opportunity for the church to see instead of sending out an email with a PDF document, maybe yeah. this is a, a little bit better streamlined method of getting that message across and it's flexible and uh, the great thing about technology it's, it's something that we're looking at as a committee will mm-hmm. be looking at fantastic and, and then there's a there's a monthly prayer newsletter that goes out so Todd, talk to us about that yes sir this is something we have a monthly prayer focus and we <clears throat> the monthly prayer focus is something that we arrive at basically by um, prayer actually yeah. we, we get together and we talk and we pray about this and then we have a conversation about what we feel God is leading us to uh, explore whatever you know, on a month-to-month basis. And this is kind of an intentional process because, yeah. uh, you know, prayer, as Robert has said in, in, in some of his teaching, you know, prayer is, a, is an asset. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a resource that we can use strategically. And we're coming into, a, you know, just as an example, for, the, for in November we have elections. So our prayer focus for this month is for vision for our nation. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we just think it throughout the year there this, these <clears throat> there are certain times when we really have something either in our church in our lives in our nation that we really want to specifically focus on and typically what we do is we just send out a letter to all of the Sunday school classes and that will be kind of a summary of what we're kind of focused on and we would encourage um, the Sunday school teachers leaders to share it with their with their Sunday school classes so that they can be aware of what we're, our, our focus is for the month and then can and join us in that and just make it a part of their daily and weekly prayer during that month. Yeah, fantastic. Robert, I want to come back to you. I'm at, you're a preacher, and, and I know it, it's hard for a preacher to stay silent, and you've done really, really well for the last 10 minutes uh-huh. or so. But I, I know there's probably things that are on your mind, things that you'd like to say, and so I want to give you some time to do that. Okay. I... Um... As, as I'm listening to the men talk and in the conversations we've had before, quite naturally, my mind goes back to our time when we were on the mission field. Mm. There was a great deal of preparation of various kinds that went into the volunteer teams that would come to visit with us. One of the things as we were receiving teams, as they were coming to us, it was very noticeable to us when there were teams, and this was noticeable with First Baptist and some of the other churches as well, about a week prior to the time we would receive the team at the airport, there would be a change in the spiritual atmosphere around us. It was very noticeable, very distinct. And I eventually figured out what it was. There were people in the home church that were praying for that team and us as an extension of that. And we kind of moved under that prayer covering Mm. there. Well, our thought is, what if we could generate that, maintain that for all the ministries of our church as a continuous thing. And that's our desire. Create a culture of prayer where prayer is normal and that invoking of the blessing of God, calling out to God, praying strategically for all that's going on. Our goal is to try to cause that to be a continuous thing with all the blessing that would go with that and the Lord would be honored through that. And that's really what we're after. It is, and all the things we're talking about, all these on-ramps, if you will, 
and the specific trainings and the events and all that, it is toward creating a culture of prayer that actually extends even beyond any particular training, any particular event, any particular thing that's happening, just so that prayer is the natural breathing of what we do. That's really what we're after. And I know that you're, you're a person who loves church history and movements of God. and right. I mean, it's document, well documented yes. that the great movements yes. of God always. always have come from prayer. Always. So always. talk to us about that a little bit. Uh, there are actually, of course, there are certain elements that are always there. There's always repentance. There's always uh, preaching of the Word, and that's always there. But there are various other components that are in more obvious or less obvious in terms of some of the great moves of God. Prayer is the one universal. There are actually times when God has moved in power in revival and spiritual awakening when really basically all that was going on was, was prayer and God moving in response to that. And the, the way that God can descend, like we would really like to see Him do here, on a geographic region or a church or a group of people is truly amazing. And one of the great awakenings in the early part of our American history, there were times when revival would break out on the shore and ships as they would approach the shore, people would fall under conviction on the ships before they even knew what was going on. Obviously there was no communication in those days. And the first communication they would have would be, to send a boat from the ship to shore saying, we need a minister to come and talk to us about salvation. That would actually be the first communication, not we have these goods or taxes, you know, we need a tax assessor or anything. It was, we need a minister. Those kind of things have, have happened. But when those kind of things are happening, it's always in response to concerted, diligent prayer that's taking place. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you, guys for being willing to, to meet with us and appreciate your service as a prayer committee. You know, you probably people wonder, what does a prayer committee do? And maybe people think that a prayer committee just gets together and prays every now and then. But to know that you guys have been studying prayer, you've been, you have been praying together, but also trying to figure out how to help the church learn to pray and provide opportunities to pray. It's an incredible thing to know. So thank you so much for your leadership in this area. And we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Listen, if COVID-19 has taught us anything, it's taught us that we are not in control, right? I mean, we have learned that just our routines and the things that we do each and every day, well, things can be taken away from us at a moment's notice. There are just some things in life that we don't have the ability on our own to fix. But we pray to the one who is over all. And the great thing about God who is powerful is that He's also personal. And He desires for us to know Him. And what a joy it is when we are able to align ourselves under Him and live according to His design. That's what Robert was talking about, those great movements of God. When repentance has taken place and worship has taken place and people are calling out to God and depending upon Him in prayer, that's always been God's heart for the church. It is when God is doing what only He can do through us as we're growing in our relationship with Him that the world is really able to smell the aroma of Christ. And so I want to just encourage you. I, I, I know sometimes prayer is one of those things that we all want to be better at and we never feel like we're any good at it. But I want to encourage you to change that 
and make a decision that you're going to take advantage of these opportunities to learn to pray and to pray. That as Robert said just a little bit ago, it is our heart's desire that First Baptist Jackson will be a praying church so that God gets the glory through His people. Thank you so much for joining us tonight.